Terry, we're in the book of James, and we've gone through chapter 1, and we've discussed trials, where they come from. We've talked about tests, testing of our faith and patience, and about having double-mindedness, that uh, by walking in the Spirit of God, double-mindedness can be removed from our mind if we read the Word and we're in prayer with the Father, and, and if we seek Him for guidance and direction. It took us about 30 minutes to get through eight verses. I just, <laughs> it, but it's the Holy Spirit is revealing stuff to us as and, we go here. Yes, the Holy Spirit, what He wants to do is reveal that we can now have joy through the power of the Holy Spirit, that the trials, everyday trials we face in our life, that we can have a understanding that we now have victory by having faith in God's Word and believing God's Word, and walk in the spirit of that Word, and that develops patience, and that develops long-suffering. And so now we're going to start in verse 9. Would you like to read that in your Amplified? I'm going to read verse 8. Amplified says in verse 8, For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. This is key, just what you read there, is double-mindedness. Because in order to have this victory in our life, we need to purge out our old way of thinking, because this is what causes double-mindedness. We're trying to revert back to our old way of thinking, and what we want is to be led by the Holy Spirit of God, who gives us the wisdom to overcome our trials and temptations in our life who increases our faith. This is what's meant by double-mindedness. And we're wanting to purge that out and just have one mind now through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Right. We want it to become a lifestyle living out of the Holy Spirit of God. We want it to become automatic. We don't want to be yes. one minute battling the flesh and our mind over here and all of, all of the junk and trials and tribulations that are coming our way. We want to be over here led by the Spirit. Satan's trying to put doubt in our mind all the time. And we can purge this doubt out by believing God's Word. That's exactly what we were talking about here in these first eight verses. Yes. Those trials and tribulations come our way. Now we're learning to understand we're not of that old world. We, we have the Spirit of God in us, and we don't want to be double-minded. We want to be single-minded. Single-minded. Where we're led by the Spirit of God. Go ahead and Not read. flopping back and forth. Yes. Let the brother in humble circumstances glory in his elevation as a Christian called to the true riches and to be an heir of God. And the rich person ought to glory in being humbled by being shown his human frailty because like the flower of the grass, he will pass away. The word that strikes me is human frailty. And it goes back to understanding that my dependency is upon God and not myself on what I can accomplish. Because this will cause double-mindedness. Yes. He's just kind of warning us here that we sh we're not to trust in anything but our Creator God. Yes, that's it. That's it. Somebody who's humble and, for lack of a better word, uh, poor by our standards... Is, isn't any different than somebody who has the wealth and riches of this world. They're all frail man. <laughs> because God does not look at that. 
Yeah. He's not looking at this. He's looking at their heart. And that's what he's trying to say here. I want to purge out all this doubt. I want you to rely totally upon me. Because as you depend upon him, your faith increases. And then the other fruits of the Spirit begin to increase in your life. Patience. Wisdom begins to increase. The get One of the gifts of the Spirit. Because your dependency is upon God and not what you've accomplished. And we don't want to look at people in this light of this man is successful because he has a lot of money. This person over here does not have any money, so he's not successful. Because you're looking at it from a fleshly standpoint then. Right. Of what you can see. The man who has nothing may be spiritually blessed, spiritually rich in understanding God's will. Understanding everything about God. Where a person who is physically rich may not have any understanding and be in darkness spiritually. And this is the comparison I believe is being said here. Is your dependency needs to be upon God, not on yourself. Well, it goes on in verse 12 here. It says, Blessed is that man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. He's blessed that endures his temptation and these trials, whether you're considered a humble man or a rich man, you can be blessed. The word temptation, Terry. We talked about trials. We talked about test. Now we're going to talk about temptation. Where does temptation come from? Satan. And we have Scripture to prove where temptation comes from because a lot of times we think temptation comes from God and it does not come from God. Well, let me read the next verse and we can expound upon that some more. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. God does not tempt man. Period. God God is sovereign. Yes. He's sovereign. He's almighty. He created everything. He created the heavens. He created mankind. He created everything. But he gave dominion to man. He gave empowerment on earth. He gave us free will to choose. Yes, he gave us power and authority. He gave us free will to choose. Satan, now this is important, is the tempter because what did he do in the Garden of Eden? He tempted Adam and Eve. God didn't tempt them. God did not tempt them. Because God, we just read it, God cannot tempt you with evil. Amen. And the way we know this is by the fruit of the Spirit, Terry, isn't it? Sure. Because this is who God is in the fruit of the Spirit. That's why it's important to understand the definitions of the fruit of the Spirit. When you understand God's character and God's goodness and God's love and long-suffering and patience, you realize God's not the tempter. God's not testing you. The test comes and the temptations come when we allow our minds to yield to to the lust of the flesh, to the pride of life, and the lust of the eye. That came from Satan, because he tempted us, and we fell for, the, for that temptation. Right. We gave into it, or you brought it in, and it conceived. Listen to this, verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. 
you addressed that just a little bit ago. And when lust hath conceived in your mind, yes, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Spiritual death. Yeah. As well as physical death. Sure. Because sin clouds your relationship with your heavenly Father. God's always loving us, always wanting the best for us. But sin, if we let it get in us, that thought is conceived in your mind. That's where it's conceived. Yes. And then then you let your mind run away with you, and pretty soon, yeah, it's a mess. And then pretty soon you're saying, God, where you're at in all of this? And he's there a whole time. You've just removed yourself from him by your thoughts. The testing that we go through right now and what it's been from the beginning of time is understanding that the test is referring to your faith and dependency upon God. It's been that way from the beginning of time, and we had a free will because Satan tempted us, and we chose to listen to Satan instead of the Father. God did not throw that temptation out there saying, I'm going to tempt Adam and see where he's at in his walk. What I want to show in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, because this ties right in with what we're talking about. And what draws me is James chapter 14, this verse you read. I'm reading from the New King James. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. That's self-will, isn't it? Yes, it is. We go to the temptations of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Now I want the listeners to keep this in mind. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. It tells you two things right there. The Holy Spirit of God was leading Jesus into the wilderness. And the temptation comes from Satan. What Satan is trying to do, and let's just go back to James chapter 14. I'll just read it. You don't have to turn to it. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Jesus kept his mind. He didn't have double-mindedness, did he? Right. He had faith in God's Word and kept his mind focused on the things of God. He didn't allow his, his selfish desires. His flesh. His flesh to entice him. Correct. He kept it in check. This helps you understand where temptation comes from and how you can overcome temptation. It's through the leading of the Holy Spirit and denying self, having self-control over your thoughts, over this double-mindedness. This is why we have the Spirit of God living within us. Yes. Help us overcome. Yes. And when you jump down to verse 3 in the same chapter, and it tells us again, Now, when the tempter came to Jesus, I'm just going to stop there because we know the account. The point being, the tempter was Satan, and he came to Jesus to tempt him. What he's trying to do to tempt Jesus is to get his mind off the Father and focus on his own selfish desires and will, and it never happened. That's right. Never happened. And James is trying to teach us this very lesson with these scriptures that we're reading. When lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. 
Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If it's good, it's from God. That's what that verse is telling us. Every good gift. Every good gift. This is how you can recognize good and evil. This is how you have discernment. We need to understand the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, patience, and kindness. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Who we are now in Christ. Yes, that lives within us. This is who God is. Yes. This is His character. And this is how we distinguish where the temptation comes from. God's not tempting you throughout your daily life. No. He's not tempting you, testing you to see where Terry and Mitch are at in their walk with Him. The test is, is my dependency upon God or am I depending upon myself? If I'm depending upon myself, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and pride of life is going to conceive and then I'm going to fall because I'm not able to do it myself. But if I'm walking in the Spirit like Jesus was walking in the Spirit, then I'll have victory because I'll have God's wisdom. I'll not have double-mindedness. And I'll be walking and being led by the Holy Spirit of God. And that's what we want to be. Yes. Led by the Holy Spirit of God. In verse 16, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. He wants to make it clear where temptation comes from. He, does, he wants to make that real clear to the to the readers. Yes, absolutely. Temptation does not come from God. It comes from Satan. This is where we fall in error a lot. We're kind of like Adam and Eve. Father, why did you send this woman to me? We're blaming God is what we're doing sure. all the time for our failures. We blame God because we're spiritually not understanding what we're reading. We're blaming God when things happen in our life, not realizing all the things that happen in our life is because of the fallen nature of man and the corrupt world we live in. God has given us victory through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us spiritually to set us free. He will not tempt you. That's what this book of James is about, is to get us to understand where these trials, temptations, and testings come from, but how we can now overcome them by the God of the universe that lives inside of us. That would make sense, would it, for God to throw a temptation in front of me? Because that's not his character. No. That's not who he is. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. You know, sometimes we just don't read scripture. (laughs) Well, we just let it go in one ear and out the other, don't we? And don't meditate on it. Don't let it become spiritually discerned. Don't let it become revelation knowledge for us. Don't you think that maybe this is Satan deceiving us? coming as an angel of light to a certain degree. When we focus in on the negative, because that's our fallen nature, isn't it? Yes. Where we always focus in on the negative of things. I'm going to jump ahead here. (laughs) Chapter 3 of James talks about words and how what we say. And You talked about being negative. You can be negative in this world. Every time I wash my car, it rains. Nobody jumps up in your face and say, why do you say that? They agree with you. But if you come up now and say, I'm a child of God, and you say something positive, they go, who do you think you are? It's that old fallen world we're in. We can't give in to that. It's that double-mindedness again. Ooh, yeah, Mitch. It's going back to double-mindedness. Yes. Hmm. 
And this is what we're trying to purge out of our life. This is what we're trying to get revelation of, is the Holy Spirit is now trying to renew our mind. We're new creatures in Christ now. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to start realizing we're new creatures and live in this spiritual realm where we're guided and directed by the Holy Spirit of God that communicates to our mind. He does. He actually communicates in our mind. He's trying to lead us, but we have to learn to grow and listen to the Holy Spirit. And the only way this is going to happen is by reading the Word of God, meditating upon this Word, and through prayer, seeking God, asking Him, Lord, what does this mean? How can I have victory? Your Word says I can have victory. How can I have victory in my life? And then be silent and listen and examine what's being told to you in your mind, in your subconscious. Amen. <laughs> we, we, you know, we say we hear from Satan. We believe we can hear from Satan. We have no trouble comprehending that, do we? Probably that fallen nature. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, just... it's that. It, it is this fallen nature that we have that we can hear from Satan. We could, because we acknowledge it all the time. Well, the devil tempted me over here. Devil made me do it. Yes. <laughs> wow. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, people are just real reluctant. Well, I don't know if I'm here from the Spirit of God or not. Well, yes, you are, and I'll tell you how you can do it. Is it edification? Is it building you up? Is it exhortation? Is it giving you instruction? Is it encouraging you? Is it teaching you? Is he guiding you spiritually? And thirdly, is it giving you comfort? He's standing alongside you trying to teach you, trying to give you comfort. He's trying to help you in the spiritual walk we're now going through. He's trying to purge out double-mindedness. And he's trying to purge out blaming God for our failures we've caused. And this requires self-examination Yes. in order for this to take place. Then he goes on here in verse 18 to tell us why he did it. It was of his own free will that he gave us birth as sons by his word of truth so that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a sample of what he created to be consecrated to himself. That's the Amplified, verse 18 there. Let me read verse 19. This is important. Yes, it is. In the King James. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And just think about this. Swift to hear. What am I hearing? What spirit is talking to me right now? Is it the spirit of God? Or is it my old way of thinking, the way of the world, the spirit of the world? Do I have double-mindedness? This is what helps you increase in your faith, is being able to listen, be quiet, keep your mouth closed and not say anything. And listen to what the Spirit of God is telling you. In Hebrews 5, verse 14, and this is the writer, which I believe is Paul, talking to the, the Hebrews, and he's telling them this. Because they're immature. But he goes on to say this, But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of us have their senses. Mm. Your spiritual senses is what it's talking about here. Your spiritual senses exercise to discern 
good and evil. This is what we're trying to do, is to discern good and evil. That's what James is telling us here. Yes, and he's trying to tell you do, to discern where the temptation is coming from. Don't be confused, because this is a lie of the devil telling you it comes from God. It's not. It's coming from Satan. He's lying to you. All temptation comes from Satan. And the temptation is dependent upon whether we are going to run with it or whether we're going to dump it. That's why he's saying, be swift to hear what the Holy Spirit of God is telling you so you can discern whether it's good or evil. Amplified says in the same verse, verse 19, Understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear a ready listener. A ready listener. Isn't that good? Yes. Slow to speak, slow to take offense, and to get angry. Hallelujah. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. Because what you're doing is you're digesting what Spirit is talking to you. How you're going to respond. Yes. Is it the Spirit of the world that's trying to dictate to me, or is it the Holy Spirit? And as you discern this, then you begin to speak forth the things of God, if it's good. Verse 20, Amplified, For man's anger does not promote the righteousness God wishes and requires. So that tells you where it's coming from, doesn't it? Sure. It's coming from Satan. It's coming from our old nature, our old double-mindedness, the way we're thinking. This is to be purged out. Next verse. Therefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfility. I don't know how to say that word. Of haughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And we're not talking about salvation. No, no. The soul, the soulish realm. Mind, will, and emotion. Yes, imagination, thoughts. Yes. All this. When we can wrap our mind around this, get our brain functioning in this area, that our soulish realm, by the implanting of the word, that seed. Yes. Goes back to the parable again. Implanted, yes. Rooted. I got to read this in Amplified because I couldn't even read those words in the King James. Okay. <laughs> so get rid of all uncleanness and rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. If we listen to the Holy Spirit of God, He's going to renew our soulish realm. This is what it's talking about. You have to discern the good and evil, to purge out the double-mindedness, to grow in faith, to grow in patience, understanding where the trial is coming from. You have to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit of God in order for this to manifest in your life. Next verse. Yes. <laughs> I'll read it from the New King James. There you go. But be doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We have to apply the Word. It goes right back to this, Terry, that we read the Word a lot of times, but we don't apply it. We don't digest the Word. We just read it and go on. We're not meditating upon it, so it's not going to take root in our mind. It's not going to resonate. It's just going to be words, and we're just going to keep going on, and we're still going to be in the old rut. Be doers of the word. 
Obey the message and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. That means you haven't changed. That's right. You're still operating in the flesh. Yeah. You're reading the word and it hasn't changed your life a bit. I want to be changed into the image and likeness of my Father God. And we can be changed, Terry. It's just focus in on the Holy Spirit that lives within you. <laughs>